Making It Plain, a podcast dedicated to discussing real issues that impact Black communities, Black families, and Black women. Your host, Dr. Key, is dedicated to discussing Black issues in a way everyone can relate. Welcome to Making It Plain with Dr. Key. Today we are having Dr. Tanji Coleman to come and share her brilliance. She is a organizational development guru. Um, she also dabbles in DNI. And so today we're talking about something that's so important to both of us, and that is sisterhood. Welcome, Tanji. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're so excited to have you here. So I'm going to start off with this quote from Michelle Obama, because, you know, I love Michelle Obama and she always says some very powerful things about um, women and sisterhood and all those things. So she had this quote. She said, we should always have three friends in our lives. One who walks ahead, who we look up to and follow. One who walks beside us and who is with with us every step of our journey. And then one who reaches back for us and brings us along after we've cleared the way. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we have these, she she thinks we should have these three types of people in our life. Mm -hmm. And I think those words are so powerful. And what she really is speaking of is this idea of sisterhood. And, And I will argue that those three types of friends can switch positions at any time in your, you know, throughout this journey as you have them. So let's talk about, you know, I want to talk about how we met. Exactly. (laughs) Because I think that is so, so unique, how we met. So I'm going to let you start with with your side of the story of how we met and and then I'll (laughs) tell you. (laughs) So we really, uh, we met at a conference that was really all about, um, getting focused and really being able to amplify your voice and your message and have an impact on your personal environment, but the larger landscape of whatever it is you're doing and really having the tools by which to do that and having and aligning yourself with individuals who could help you maybe realize that amplification of your voice and your message and what you want to share with the world, right? Mm-hmm. And um, we happen to be at tables that were adjacent to one another. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it was just like an instant connection where we just started talking to one another. We didn't really talk so much to the people at our table. We were talking across. And, um, <laughs> and it was, we just kind of hung out through the conference, really gave each other great ideas shared information, really shared about what our aspirations were, what we wanted to do next. I know during that time you were working on your tenure track, which mm-hmm. you accomplished, right? Right. Yeah. But that's that's not something that's easy to accomplish, right? And then it's a lot of time and years invested, research and writing invested, and many, many, many people never cross that threshold. It's a very coveted um, accomplishment to be able to say, I did this, mm-hmm. um, in general, 
in general with all things equal. And then you add the layers of gender, you add the layer of ethnicity, and you start to see those numbers go from double digits to very single digits, right? Um, And so for me, I was really finding my voice in terms of how did I want to take all the knowledge and all the things that I do and be able to package it in a way that was digestible to people, but also um, helped individuals in their journey, whether it was career or um, diversity, equity, inclusion, or whatever it was, all these different disparate experiences and information and knowledge that I had, how could I package it up in a way that made sense for people? And so it was a really interesting conference and um, it was enjoyable. We definitely um, learned a lot, took away a lot of great tidbits um, from Dr. Avis. And um, we still follow her today on Facebook Live. And we made some really good connections, I think, through through that conference. Yeah. And it, the funny part about how we how we started connected, it was like people thought we were sisters even at that conference. Yes. And we had just met. We it was just like, met. oh, you're my sister. And we just kind of <laughs> connected just like that and then realized that we just had so much in common as far as where we wanted to take our own personal brand and our own, all the information and insight that we knew. And that was it. It was just, Every day since then, <laughs> which is so funny. And it doesn't, it, it was, that was just maybe a couple years ago. Maybe it was 2017. Yeah, but but it feels much longer. Like yes. we've known each other yes. Yes. much, much longer. And, and so I think our story kind of speaks to how sisterhood can, can just happen sort of organically um, when paths align interests align, stars align. You know, my best friend now has a really good friend that um, she recently met, maybe around the same time that we met. Um, and her friend is really into um, sort of investing and, and, and buying property and all this stuff, which my friend is opening up her, her first juice bar. And mm-hmm. so both of them sort of, you know, got together and they were, she was able to help her find a building and she's a broker. And so they just, the stars just kind of align and pass a line where you have these long, lifelong friends that you just meet, you know, sort of organically and develop mm-hmm. these relationships. And so, so my question is, you know, sisterhood is so important and we hear a lot of different things about, you know, sometimes women say, oh, I just don't trust women, you know. <laughs> just don't trust women. We get right. that. Or I don't, or they may say, box themselves in and say, I don't get along with women. And so, but sisterhood is so important. I think sisterhood is so important to our communities. Mm-hmm. How have you cultivated sisterhood in your networks? Well, first of all, when I hear that um, women don't have any women friends or they don't trust women, I always have a side eye because I'm like, what in the world is wrong? Um, Yeah, there's something inherently wrong there. Um, I think relationships with women are very different than they are with men. Like I have a lot of male friends. I think the dynamics are very different. And I think when you have a group of women that are your friends and your sister friends, I think you have to be 
much more open, more understanding, more willing to compromise, um, understand the art of not winning every argument, being able to walk away and say, okay, we agree to disagree. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think there's certain characteristics that you see when women either have a whole bunch of friends or have a few friends or have no women friends, right? And I think there's different dynamics to all of that. Um, But I think that really the art of sisterhood is being, knowing when to give and knowing when to take and being comfortable with that. And most women are just givers and you can definitely attract the wrong people in your circle if you're just giving, right? And people are there to take. (laughs) So, and, and you generally don't realize it until you're in need of something, right? Until you maybe have a situation where you're not a hundred percent and you see who comes to the table. You see who is there to support you. You see who calls you on the phone, who comes to visit, who sends a care package. You know, those are the people that really kind of rise from the rest to show you who's really authentically there for you and authentically care about you. And it really doesn't matter how much you've given people. It doesn't mean they will be there for you. And so as you, I think as, as we're younger, we, we kind of have like a macro friend, right? We have a lot of friends. And then I think as we get older, the, it starts to narrow because we realize time is precious. <laughs> we don't have as much of it. And you want the people around you that are really champions for you, that really have your back, that really are rooting for you to be successful, that are positive influencers, but also can help you, can help pump the brakes for you on some things and say, hey, slow down, sis, you might want to think about this, or you might want to consider that and not just let you run off the rails, but also be able to give you constructive feedback, constructive criticism that will help you arm up and be even better than you were yesterday. So I really think that's the art of sisterhood. Mm -hmm. So it becomes this idea of quality and not quantity. Yes, absolutely. It's not about, oh, I have a thousand friends. It's that- right. Right, I have quality friends, and 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 then this this notion of people will say, "I don't need any new friends." <laughs> they're they're like, "I have quality friends, and I don't have to take the chance of trying to weed out who isn't quality and who isn't." I do not need a bunch of friends, but I also think that when we're cultivating sisterhood, um, we have to sort of model right what sisterhood looks like and talk about the importance because I think those people who say I don't have female friends or I don't trust females they've been hurt that that usually comes out of a place of hurt they've been hurt by some females in their lives they could have been even hurt by relatives or even sometimes their mom right um really hurt and so it makes it difficult for them to trust women and it just put all women in that category because maybe some of the women that were closer to closest to them have hurt them. And so it comes out of out of this place of of hurt. And so we have to sort of model with what sisterhood looks like and what healthy relationships look like. Right? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So my question to you, because I, I know you do a lot of so what what are the benefits of sisterhood? Honestly, I think for me personally, I think it's very therapeutic 
I think having great friends is, it gives you something to look forward to, a reason to get out of bed every day. It's motivating. Um, but I also learn a lot. We have a lot of great laughs. So the dynamics of individuals that are in my circle, generally, you have to have a good sense of humor. I don't care how much education you have, what your job title is. You have to be able to laugh. You have to be able to have some fun, take some jokes, you know, not take yourself so darn seriously. We, we're all professional women. We're all about our business. We all have a certain brand and image we want to portray, but we're also human beings and you have to come unbutton sometimes and just have some fun, let your hair down. So for me, that's really important. I don't have people in my circle that are staunchy or, you know, arrogant or have these airs about them. I can't, I can't tolerate those type of people. I can't be around them because to me, you're not being authentic and it's too much work to engage in that type of behavior, right? We already work. Most of us work. We have we're entrepreneurial businesses, you all, you all have children and husbands and, you know, you have responsibility. You don't want to waste your time trying to hang out with a group of people, trying to put on airs and be perfect. And blah, blah, blah. I just, I just, I don't have any tolerance. So you have to be your genuine self, you know, even sending text messages or whatever. If I send you a text message, we both have PhDs. We know we can spell. If something comes back, just, you know what I meant to say? I know what you meant to say. You know, you have like the punctuation police friends and they're like, well, you just... No, no. <laughs> too much effort. It takes too much time. So I think modeling sisterhood, you have to be open. You have to be caring. You have to be empathetic. But I also think, you know, sisterhood have some boundaries. And, you know, sometimes people don't respect boundaries. I do think even though you might be really good friends with people, you have to have boundaries. So um, with my group, we have this group called um, the Divas or Dining with Divas. We've changed the name so many times. But there was this conversation around, which I thought was super interesting, around um, respect, like sisterhood respect. And one of the things that came up was if you are looking for your friend, like you, you're in the neighborhood and you're like, let me just stop by Sally Joe's house. And you just stop by and Sally Joe is not at home. Do you go in the house with Sally Joe's husband and wait for her? And that was like a big conversation. Now that's something I would never do because I don't think that it's appropriate. So I would just get in my car and go on home. But some of my friends were like, no, because you know, your sister's husband is like your brother. That's a family. And you shouldn't feel weird. You should be able to go in the house and out, have a cocktail, break bread, and wait till Sally Joe gets home. And so it was like this huge divide in terms of what was, what those boundaries were for some versus others. And, um, you know, that that's a personal thing. I think contract that you have amongst your friends in terms of your own personal boundaries and your understanding of what's appropriate, inappropriate, even for your friends, even for your sister girlfriends. I think it's really important too um, to be respectful of people and their boundaries in order to maintain and keep your friendship at a level where you want it to be. I think I like the fact that you're just having the conversation because mm-hmm. in having those conversations, that's where you identify who, what individual boundaries people do have and which ones they don't. Like I personally don't like any kind of pop-up. 
I don't care who here. I just don't do the pop up. I don't pop up. I mean, I'm going to call first. Are right? you the person that looks, peeps through the blinds and we can see your one eye? Well, I'm going I'm to come to the door. I'm going to come to the door, but it's going to be real strange with me, like. Because <laughs> I have my moments where I don't want to be bothered. Now, you from out of town and you like, you know, you came in from Chicago, you like surprised. That's going to be different because I'm going to be like, oh my God. You, gonna, you know, that's different. I don't see you all the time. <laughs> you're talking about you, re- you live around the corner and you just, I was in the neighborhood, so I popped up. I don't care who it is. I'm going to you crazy because I have a problem with pop-ups. Some days I don't want to talk. <laughs> well, well, and that was part of our conversation too because now the pop-up is all, should be obsolete really because you have cell phones and you have other means of reaching out to people other than just, but they're like, well, if you're just in the neighborhood, you just sweep out. I'm like, no, no, no. And you know, See, I have concierge, so you can't pop up on me. They're going to call. Somebody going to let you know. Right. <laughs> and then I also think, you know, I don't have a problem with my friends being around my husband. And I think my friends don't have a problem with me being around their husband because we already know. It's just the way we we already know. I, you know, we think that's just disgusting anyway. So it, it's no, <laughs> it, that, that's nothing that we right. But I do think, you know, I've never had a, a pop-up friend. Because you know what? I probably don't attract them kind of people. Because they don't. <laughs> No pop up bar. <laughs> I probably just those people. Um, I have, you know, I have. I think sometimes from where you're coming from, your background and where you come from, you are very sort of leery of people. And I have had that where I'm I'm leery of people for a while. And it, it, for me, it was kind of weird with you because we met and it was literally like, we're sisters. Right. It was just like we knew each other forever. It was different. It was so it was so different from me. Um, and it was comfort, comfortable. I mean, we talk about all kinds of stuff. And it's, it's just like my normal friends. Like we have known people for my other friends that we have known you forever. But when I'm meeting other people, typically I'm a little bit like guarded for a while. And so then I'm not surprised when a friendship doesn't, you know, when a relationship doesn't work out, but it's something sometimes I think we, we rely on our senses. Mm-hmm. We have to, um, to find out whether or not this person is a person that should have my time because I do agree Everyone should not have your time. And there are people that are attracted to you more so than you're attracted to them. And so you're, you know, as far as um, just relationship-wise, right, yeah. you're like, okay, why are they so clinged mm-hmm. to me? And then, you, then what I found out is sometimes people really just want to be you. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's crazy. They want to 100% be you. They're asking questions to find out how they can how they can really be you and then i'm like you wouldn't even want to walk this journey if you had to but people <laughs> align they look for what you have to give and if you're a giver and i'm a giver you know i do you know whatever but i had to learn as i got older that everyone doesn't deserve 
what I have to give. And that is, that is, it's different. And so in cultivating sisterhood, it's not about the quantity of friends you have. It's about the quality because everyone does not deserve what you have to give. Um, but we can still be cordial and friendly and, and all of those things. But but that person doesn't get the kind of quality time that you would give to your your friends. And, it's, and we have to be okay with that. You know, you have to be okay with that. Um, I know there's a lot of promotion around sisterhood. Yes. Some of the other, and we talked about some challenges, but what are some of the other challenges that can come out of, you know, just, just trying to be sisterhood, sisters and, and cultivating relationships? I think, you know, another thing that I learned along the years is that um, everyone doesn't want to walk your journey. They don't want to be you. And when I see people, even in my friend circle that I feel are stuck, I try to get them unstuck. And what I had to realize is some people aren't ready. It's, it's not their time. You know, and people have to do things when it feels good to them, when they're ready, right? It's just like when people leave a relationship or get divorced it doesn't matter what other people say. They have to be ready, right? Or someone who has an alcohol addiction, they have to be ready to stop that. So you can't force your speed uh, and your timeline on anyone else. And I, I think it also comes from my nature of being compassionate. I don't like to see people being mistreated, whether it's at work, whether it's in a relationship. Um, or taken advantage of. And so I'm quick to <laughs> voice my opinion and provide a solution. But what I had to learn is not everyone wants your opinion or your solution. Sometimes they just need your ear. Yeah. Um, but I think my friends and I have been friends so long, they know who to call for what. If they're calling for caring and nurturing about someone who's done something um, that's not nice, <laughs> they probably will not call me because I'm not going to give that to them. And they know that. It's like, I try. I really try hard. But, you know, so you learn who to call in your circle for certain things. Yeah. But also, I think, you know, just understanding that everyone's not you and you're not anyone mm-hmm. else and respecting one another's individual decisions and rolling with it. And I think, you know, even amongst my group, people, the all the women in my circle are very opinionated, very opinionated. And, you know, we all had to learn to back off of other people's business. <laughs> and I think, you know, you have to learn when to hold them and when to fold them. Yeah. And be a support and not be someone else's mother or auntie, right. you know. And I think that's really important, too, is to just respect other people's decisions, even though you may or may not agree with it. But I'll just be there as a friend, as a resource, as a sister when they need you. I think you said a mouthful because I think that is that is that is the challenge. Right. Mm -hmm. Is that knowing you may care about someone um, and when they hurt, you hurt, you hurt when your friends hurt and you may think you have the solution. You may think you have the answers, but honestly, they don't, 
They don't want to hear your solution or your answers. They really want you to listen and you have to wait for the opportunity where they really want you to say something. And it's hard to watch your friends suffer. Um, but I also think so your solution or what you think might not be the right thing for them at that point in time. It might not be because there's pieces of people that you don't know. Yeah. As much as you know, there's some pieces you don't know. And so you're giving your opinion off what you're told or what you think you know. And there's another whole layer under that iceberg that you're not aware of. Um, and so, you know, sometimes what you think isn't what that person needs anyway. So it, to your point, it really makes sense to just kind of stop and reflect and just be a support and be an ear and be there for, for your friend, for your sister, for, you know, whatever it is that they want to discuss, have a, a conversation around. But then sometimes you have to give people just a little bit of a nudge or information to help them see clearly. Mm-hmm. I think that with my friends, I'm so um, conscious of strategically presenting things in a way to where I am not offending, um, but I am challenging, so to speak, to give them some other things. And then I back off. So I've learned how to do that. But one of the things that I also realized is that I'm 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 maybe more ambitious than some of the people that are in my ambitious than some of the people in my circle. And so um because I am ambitious, you know, I sometimes try to bring other people into that ambition. Right. I might say, Oh, you should do this, do you want to do this, you want to talk about this, you want to do that. And I had to learn. Um, from someone who said, I just don't want to do that, period, right? Um, that's that's you and that's not me. Um, and so I'm like, oh, okay, you know. Um, and so, I, you know, everyone is not as ambitious as we are. Um, and and I say we are because you and I are will dabble in a lot of different, <laughs> different things. And we have a lot of different interests, but everyone does not have that sort of span of interest that we have. And I had to learn that. Um, and I also had to learn that sometimes, you know, hurt people can hurt people and you can have good friends for a very long time, but if they're hurting, then they begin to hurt you. When do you, how, how long do you allow that hurt to continue? Um, in some relationships, you have to step away until they can deal with their own hurt so they won't continue to hurt you because we also shouldn't be in relationships where we're suffering. Oh, right, right, right. And see, Um, I'm not, um, just my personality and my friends tell me this all the time, but I'm not one to go backwards. Once, once you're out, you're out. I I rarely go back and pick people up as a friend because I feel like if the bond of the trust is broken, then it's broken. (laughs) Um, And I don't, I usually just, if I stop, stop associating, I never go back and reassociate, generally speaking. It might be cordial if they're part of a group, but you're never quite back in the nest like you were. Yeah, that's me too. I don't know if that's bad or good, but that's that's just kind of how I have always sort of operated. And it's sad because some relationships you grieve. You hate to see the relationships go, but you know that that's the best. That's the best thing. Mm-hmm. Um, other relationships have not even been, they, they didn't even make it to the 
point to become a relationship. So, right. you know, you cut right. that off and you don't even think about it. But um, there are some difficult ones sometimes. And so, you know, one thing I think when we start talking about sisterhood, we have to talk about the idea that we are not the same person 10 years later. And, you know, we keep evolving and changing individually. And so do our, our sisters. They, they, they change and they evolve as well. And sometimes, just like with other relationships, we change and we adjust and we we relax. Like, okay, she's changed, I changed, we changed, and, and it, the relationship continues. But I also believe that sometimes we change and we change in different directions and the relationship can't continue. No love is lost. No memories are lost. But that relationship is no longer functioning healthy. And so it had to be, it had to be severed. And so that is, and and there's no anger behind behind it. It There's no anger behind it. Um, You still love, you still root for them, you still pray for them or whatever. It's just that it had to end. And and things sometimes do come to an end. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and and that is still your, that can still be your sister, right? Um, and you would not change that. You would not change those memories. But unfortunately, the relationship had to end. And we learn that definitely as we get as we get older, how relationships change and what's worth what and what has to yeah. end. And and so with like my circle of friends, when we all met, we were all like single gals in the city. We we're like sex in the city. We we're the single gals. We were on the town. We were having so much fun. And we actually were in that space for a long time. And then one by one, people started to get married. Then they started to have kids. And so the dynamics changed, right? It wasn't these big old girl trips anymore like it used to be. So so we all had to adjust to one another's lifestyles, but also life decisions. And it was very different than when we first met. We used to all hang out, all go out to dinner together all go on a trip together. I mean, it would take us weeks and weeks and weeks and months to plan something because you're trying to plan for 15, 20 people. <laughs> and now, you know, the group is so small, like people fall off real easy. So now you kind of get from 20 to six or seven real quick <laughs> because everyone has like competing priorities and families first, children's first, and you have to respect that. And you have to understand where people have evolved and changed in their journey from when you first met them. Like we've all been friends like 20 years or more. So of course people have evolved and done things different. I'm not, I don't want to sing with no kids, but so I'm, I tease them. I'm like, I'm finding younger friends who are like, like we were back 20 years ago. Um, but we, you know, it's that respect and that's that love. And now they have children and I'm so happy to like talk to them on zoom and see them and see like their mom's face and theirs. And like, they dad, like, it's just cool. And then you kind of inherit all these brothers from your friends, husbands, you know, I have one of my really good friends, her, her husband, he just does this with family and they, consider me family. And so he'll send me a text every now and then and just say, wellness check. (laughs) (laughs) Just wellness check. And it was so funny because I told her, I said, what is it? She goes, he does. He's been doing that for years. He, she says he, he does it for family. He, he does this with his family. If he hasn't seen or heard from them in a while, he'll just send them a quick text and say, wellness check. And he really just wants to know how you're doing. He considers you family. So now you're getting the wellness checks. (laughs) 
Better check in. That's really cool. But it's like, that's really cool. You know, in addition to having her, you know, I have her husband that cares and thinks about me enough to say, well, Miss Check, Jane and I haven't heard from you in a while. And so that's just awesome. Yeah, yeah, that is. You do. You have an extended extended family, so to speak. Yeah, like, you know, you grow. You have to, you're growing and you're getting more people in your circle. But I love to see, like, the kids. That's just awesome. Because it's like we were all single and, and everyone, no one had children. And now, like, everyone. And some of my friends started over again. Like, their kids were actually teenagers and then they had additional kids. And so that's, that's cool too. You know, just the energy level and, you know, it's just so much fun. And, um, really just being a support to your sisters too, during that, like, you're not only asking how they're doing, you're asking about their children, you know, you're asking how, especially right now, how are you managing? How are you not pulling all of your hair out with homeschooling? (laughs) What are the challenges of that? And really just being a different type of support than you have been in the past because people's lives have changed and evolved. Um, So I think that's important too, that, that within the sisterhood circle, folks feel supported not only for them, but for their extended families and that their friends really love and care about them and their, and their kids and their, and their um, husbands and, and family, the whole unit. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Totally. Now, one thing you and I have in common is that we do this. We mentor, we are genuine mentors. Um, we mentor people in their career, all fans, even you. Mm-hmm. And so when we're talking about sisterhood, why is mentorship so important in maintaining this our, our sisterhood? I think it's really important because to your point you made earlier, a lot of and a lot of women don't always they haven't grown up necessarily with positive voices and positive experiences and people that treated them in a way where they felt valued, loved, and respected. Mm -hmm. And so it's important as sisters, as mentors, for individuals to be able to have someone where they can have an authentic conversation with, that they can um, speak without judgment, that they can share their dreams and aspirations. You know, some folks you share dreams and aspirations with, and they stamp it out like a bad fire. Right. You know, they throw water on it. You know, you're like, what happened? I was going down this road. So sometimes you also, in the sisterhood circle, you have to know who to share certain things with and when not to, because if you want to see something come to fruition, you definitely have to share with people who have that same type of vibe and energy. Otherwise, you'll get a lot of objection. You'll get told you're crazy. Why are you doing this? Your life is great the way it is. What are you doing? And before you know it, you wake up five years from now and you're in the same position, but you have this list of dreams and goals. So one of the things that even within our uh, circle that we do. Um, and so I started the dinner club. So we really had an opportunity to not only get to know one another, but also be able to talk about career challenges, what's going on in our lives, have a praise report, right? Show gratitude, putting that positivity back out into the universe and being grateful for what we have. Um, and, and yet being ambitious for where we want to go. 
Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, one of my friends started a um, goal session that we do annually where we really map out our goals. And in addition to that, we started assigning mentors to one another, kind of keep us on track with our goals. And the mentor that I had for a couple years, she she was relentless. Like She's like... Where are we? Where are we? What are we doing? How are we doing? And even though she didn't share in wanting to do things that I wanted to do, she was always very supportive of me getting there because she knew that's what I wanted. So mentorship, it takes, it can look a lot different to different people. For us, that was a way of mentorship because, you know, like in year 2017, we're we're writing out our goals. We're coming, we're meeting, um, mid-year to kind of talk about where we were. And then the next year, we're talking about what we actually accomplished before mm-hmm. we write our new set of goals. So you do not want to be in front of all your girlfriends and haven't accomplished anything. So I will say from the time we started that to now, you know, everyone is um, at least has a master's degree. Everyone is in a different place. Many people in, in, are in investment clubs, own property, just have done amazing things that really came as a culmination from us writing down what we wanted to do. And I always tell people, it doesn't happen if you don't write it down. In your head, it doesn't happen. It happens, it, it amplifies once you share it with other people because now other people are holding you accountable. And even if they're not holding you accountable, when you go back and see them, they're going to have a side eye and duck lips. So you better have accomplished some great things that you put down that you wanted to accomplish. But in terms of mentorship, it's so important that we we mentor one another and we help people see what they don't necessarily see in their everyday lives or had exposure to. Um, I know it, it is some individuals who have never had a, a family member um, work in corporate America in an executive level position, right? So how can we help them realize and their dreams and say, this, this does happen. You might not see it, but it's out there. It's happening. And also just understanding the dynamic of who you are in your brand and what it means. Mm-hmm. You are important. Your brand's important. How you portray yourself is important. The image you put out to the world is important. Mm-hmm. And I, I tell people, young, especially younger women, this all the time, it's easy to put a certain image out there, get a lot of likes, you know, you're getting people hitting on you, all of this, but is that who you really want to be? And is that going to sustain you through your lifetime? Mm -hmm. And we've seen so many of the young women that have been on certain reality shows and et cetera, come back and say, you know, five years from now, they, they have nothing, right? They are upset about how they were portrayed they're upset about how scenes were cut and edited to make them look a certain way. And now what are you going to do mm-hmm. with yourself? Yeah. So you really have to think about decisions, image, and how you let others have a license or contract or legalities around massaging and cutting the image out that they want to have of you portrayed versus what you want portrayed. Based on what the audience wants to see. That's what they do. Exactly. Exactly. So that might not be you at all, but they can, you can cut and splice things, make it a lot of different ways. Yes, so you yes. can cut and splice this and turn it into something that it's not. So you really have to understand who you are and, and how you want to be portrayed and how, and what your ultimate goal is. Right. 
Um, and I think that's that's really important. Yeah, I, I totally, totally agree with you. Mentorship is so important, especially for our youth. And especially, I think, once we get to a professional level, adolescents in the communities that we may have even come from need to see us at that level so they can see themselves in us. And so mentorship becomes important. But I also think that mentorship becomes important in creating pathways for other women to um, come through. Right. Because we make goals, but everyone don't know that they need to make goals and write them down and make them plain and all of those things. They don't know that that is how they keep themselves on task. Right. And it's nothing like making a goal and going through and crossing that goal off the list. It's nothing more empowering than doing that, because the next goal you do, you're going to be like, if I did that, now I can do this. And you're going to, you know, up the ante. You're going to try to do something more, a little bit little bit different. You're going to be more willing to take risks because when we talk about goals, we have to talk about risk because playing it safe don't always get us to where we want to be. So there's some level of risk that we must take, especially when you start talking about investing and all of these different things. Right. Um, so it's nothing like making goals and making a plan, but it's nothing like sharing those goals with other people, right? Who are also making goals and though their goals may be a little bit different from your goals, but you are talking about having goals together. You have something to talk about other than what you see on TV or in the media, right? You have concrete things. And then to be able to check in, I had this friend when I was working on my PhD, he was working on his and we would write goals together on New Year's Eve, right? And we kind of lost touch a little bit and he finished his degree and everything. And But um, it was it was so cool for us. That, and this is when I was, this is the single me. So prior to being married, um, it was so cool to just sit down and write those goals. And me and him didn't talk a lot, but we talked about those goals and then we would just check back in and like, you know, did you accomplish that? Did you accomplish that? And it, it's just cool to be able to, someone, to have someone to share your dreams with. Mm-hmm. And it's not a competition. Right. And that's what sisterhood is. That's what mentorship is about. It's about, it's not even an age thing. We all can learn from different people at different times in their lives. Um, I learned so much from like my former students who have just grabbed hold of me, made me their mentors, and now they're like professors, right? Crazy. They're professors. And now they, they tell me all these different things. I learned so much from them. Right. And I tell them, you think you're learning. They're like, oh, I'm trying to be like you, Dr. Key. I'm trying to be a boss. Right. And I'm like, well, I'm learning so much from you. Like you're doing things your own way. And that's pretty cool, too. Right. So mentorship is just it's just a two way street. We're we're always mentoring one another. Um, But but my advice to you and this is our last my, my, my advice, my question to you, my final question to you is, you know, what advice would you give a woman who has been unsuccessful in developing these quality relationships? What advice would you give them if they really want to develop some healthy relationships? Well, I think if they've been challenged with it, you know, I think one of the things that, you know, women struggle with and particularly women of color and black women is seeking external help. I think it's fine to go and get on someone's couch or chase and have a conversation around what 
why do you keep repeating the same things, right? Why are certain negative pieces reappearing over and over again? And, and what is it in your mental model, um, in your life timeline that's caused this, right? Mm-hmm. And so having someone help you understand those things, really, really important. And I, and sometimes your girlfriends can't solve those things for you because they're not psychologists. A lot of them are not psychiatrists. And even if they are, they're your friend, not your, your mental health professional. Mm-hmm. So that's not their role, even if they do have a psychology doctorate or what have you. And so there's no shame in seeking out that type of help. But also in addition to that, I think, you know, talking to people who are currently in your circle around how they view you, how would they describe you? Um, I was writing out something and I wanted to hear from my friends what they thought of me. Like, how would you describe me if someone asked you, you know, and um, and they told me things that was so interesting because it aligned with how I saw myself, but it also aligned with all these different assessments I've taken. So it was very, it was very similar. And so you want to, but if it hadn't been, I would have looked at the gaps to figure out what, where was there a miss? But you also have to remember too, sometimes your friends might not be bitterly honest and telling you everything. And that's when you need to seek some professional help. Most people have it through EAP. They just don't utilize it. You know, you can get three to seven sessions, sometimes free of charge. Because yeah. Companies already paying for it, whether you go or not. And so even for people that are, um, that are on some type of leave of absence or have been, um, have left an organization, oftentimes companies have set up parameters where you can still use EAP, even if you're no longer with the organization, especially right now. So take advantage of all those freebies to kind of get the head together, get your mental health together, because it's really important. I think if you're struggling in that, it's probably some reason why, Mm-hmm. And you need to figure out why and get the unlock so you can move forward. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I, I totally agree with you. I think the one thing you started our conversation with was that, you know, sisterhood can be therapeutic, right? But, mm-hmm. and it is, it's definitely therapeutic. Because sometimes my girlfriend said, what are you talking about? Like, you just sound crazy. Like, you're being extra. And I'm like, uh, and I'm thinking about it. And I think, I remember one of my girlfriends, I was talking to my now husband. I was not married. And I was like, he getting on my nerves. He did this, this, and this. And she said, so you mean to tell me that a man loves you and he's doing this and he's doing that and you think something wrong with it? Like she really had me think about my definition of what it was to be a man, right? And I had to really kind of question myself like she just pulled me all the way together but maybe she's right. He still drives me crazy but I know he loves me, right? And I know I made the right decision. So we need that. It can be therapeutic but also it can't, sometimes it can't, we can't expect our sisterhood relationships to cure us. We have to do the work. We have to be willing to do the work Mm -hmm. because I have also seen where um, sisters don't want to go get the necessary help they need um, for their mental health, and it weighs so heavily on the the relationship. To now, the relationship becomes unhealthy, right? Right. Uh, because your sisters can't they can't they can't cure you. They can support you as you're getting help. Absolutely. But they can't they can't cure you, and 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 they don't know how, and it can weigh on them as well. So. 
we need to definitely think about that it is it is normal to get mental help. It is normal to speak to a counselor, right? And and we and we can even go to a counselor when we feel okay. <laughs> you don't have to be in crisis to go to a counselor. You can go to a counselor because you know what? I'm not gonna wear my wear my girlfriends down with all of this crap. I'm gonna go to the counselor just to have a conversation and see where my thoughts and stuff, you know, trace some of my emotions and thoughts back where they where they originated from. Um, go ahead. Yeah, no, that that was great advice. Well, I, I would say too, if you if you realize your your calls are going to voicemail a lot. That might be a sign. <laughs> and also, you know, audit yourself. When you talk to your friends, what are, what are the first things you say? Do you start out with, oh my, and it's all depressing about you? Or are you asking about them? You know, we've, I'm sure we both had sister friends that only wanted to talk about themselves. They never, I had a friend that never asked me how I was doing for years until I got really tired of it. And I said, I don't, she calls me next time. I'm going to just tell her what I'm doing in my life. She didn't want to hear it. She had no interest, none. And so that told me then I never talked to her again after that, because at that point I knew she just wanted to talk about herself and her problems and get great advice, but she didn't want to ask me how my day was. Didn't want to hear about it. Didn't matter. So you really have to audit how you're interacting and also audit how people are responding. If you're always going to voicemail and your other girlfriends are talking to the person, you might want to think about why that's happening. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with you. I think even my friends, sometimes you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do that where we just start talking about what's going on. But all of us, we will stop and say, how are you doing? Like, because we realized that we came and started talking about all this other stuff and we forgot to say, how are you doing? What's up with the kids? What's up with that? And we will backtrack. And that's perfectly fine because what that shows your sister is that you genuinely care about them, even though you need to unload some of this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't matter at what point you do it. Just do it. Just just genuinely care and, and give people maybe kudos when they accomplish something. My best friend's so busy now. We don't talk as as regularly, but when she does something, I'm like, oh my God, that's so big. Like I knew you was gonna, you know. And that's how we that's how we, we get excited for one another. Um, even though we're not there to physically in each other's yeah. presence. So listen, how can people keep up in touch? Because you do a lot, you share a lot of great information um on your social media. You're very active on LinkedIn. So how can people stay in touch with you? So I do have my LinkedIn profile, which is linkedin.com backslash in backslash Tanja, T-A-N-J-I-A. So you can reach me there. I'm also on Instagram as Dr. Tanja C. So you can reach me there as well. But yeah, I try to put out positive, uplifting content. Um, And sometimes it has to be real uh, content every day. Um, So please feel free to follow me. It would be wonderful. And I appreciate you having me on, Dr. Key. Yes, yes. I'm so glad that we had a chance to talk about sisterhood and how we met and all those things, but also to share some advice for other women who are really trying to think about their relationships. I just think it's 
um, so important. And it's so important to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly, and right. be comfortable with the fact that some relationships do end, and it's okay, you know. So I hope that our listeners got some insight, but I know that I enjoyed the conversation. It just helped me to um, reiterate some of the things that I've, you know, went through on the journey. Um, and I'm sure it did the same for you. So thank you. This is Making It Plain with Dr. King. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Dr. Tanja, for your brilliance as usual. Um, You all can follow us on Making It Plain uh, with Dr. Key on Instagram. And you can always visit the website, which is www.thedrkey.com. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Making It Plain with your host, Dr. Key. This podcast has been brought to you by our sponsor, Sparkman Key Consulting, LLC. Check us out at www.thedrkey.com.